Hello, everybody. Welcome to Heads Up Hockey. This is your host, Jersey Joe. Um, it is Easter Sunday, and I think it's a great time to preview uh, what's going on with uh, the state of the NHL and all these young prospects coming in. Uh, we have seen a lot of interesting things going on with guys like Tice Thompson coming in. Uh, Matt Hellickson, soon to be uh, signed to an NHL ELC, uh, coming in from Notre Dame. Arnie Talvidia just signed recently from Penn State University. So this podcast already has some college hockey uh, to it already. So like at this point, you know, the Devils are on a the bubble end of the playoff picture likely not getting in at this point because if it weren't for a lot of the games that they lost momentum before the COVID crisis, uh, when they had to quarantine, they probably would have been on a better pace to um, be in the playoffs, but they lost a lot of momentum and then they went on a, a downward spiral streak and that pretty much derailed the season. Uh, the penalty kill at that point in the season just really derailed it. And I just think that at this point, you're looking to move guys like Kulikov, Palmieri, uh, just to name a few, uh, to get some uh, assets and return. Um, from people I've talked to, like Alex Chavancy of the Hockey Riders, he mentions Jake DeBrusque as a guy that the Devils could acquire, you know, being a guy that the Bruins can't really fit into their lineup. I think he would fit the bill um, going in, and then the Devils could get a second-round pick, uh, that which would be a good enough return for me, um, given the fact that uh, Kyle Palmieri is 30 years old, and he has... Um, pretty much peaked at this point it seems like um he hasn't really been the goal scorer himself this year and Nikita Gusev's not cutting it anymore uh you have you know it's not I'm not gonna call it a fire sale but the fire sale really would be in Nashville because Matthias Ekholm you know a left-handed defenseman like him has started to garner more uh attention and Ryan Ellis would be a lot harder to move because that contract is a longer-term one, but it would be a safer one for a lot of teams. Um, just looking at the fourth period, they put out there since March 29th. Um, you have guys like Taylor Hall on the block, um, linked to the Islanders. Do I think he would go to the Islanders? Maybe, but... I think Lou Lamarillo doesn't want to have those me first type players. And I hate to downplay Taylor Hall, but um, he doesn't have a really good history of a winning attitude. And and it's no surprise I see Edmonton linked to him. I just really don't think uh, Edmonton would want to have him, but he would absolutely love to be back in Edmonton from what 
I remember him saying after he was traded to New Jersey a um, few years ago, um, Florida, okay, yes, he'd probably go there for the tax purposes and maybe want to play with Barkov and a few other players. Uh, he really would like to be close to home, like in Toronto, like every other Ontario boy, um, because he lives not too far from Kingston. So it does make sense. I can see Toronto and I can see Edmonton. Uh, St. Louis, I mean, St. Louis, they have guys like Vladimir Tarasenko. You have all these other young guys out there, you know, who aren't too far removed from winning a Stanley Cup. But Colorado did have interest in him last year. And I think maybe because Hall's value is a little bit lower, but it seems that you know, they're still going to have to pay a little bit more just to get a guy who's not been all that successful getting to and out of the playoffs. And it says here, by Hall's own admission, he's willing to consider a move out of Buffalo if the Sabres present him with options. And the slots him up to the number one spot there's still a decent chance Hall and the Sabres agreed to a contract extension, but teams are calling and GM Kevin Adams is talking. But um, do I really think Anaheim will move on from Ricard Raquel? I mean, for the trade deadline, I really think that if he were to go somewhere, it seems more likely if he's going to stay out west, he would be in Calgary. They'd certainly need someone besides Johnny Goudreau for lifting that team, you know, in in the offensive category. But he's a 27-year-old, you know, he's at the height of his prime right now. And given the fact that he's under $3.8 million, I mean, you could still take that on. And moving him at this point in his career can give... Anaheim, a lot of, you know, interesting, uh, like, draft picks and stuff like that. Do I see him going to Philly? Maybe. It depends what is going on um, with the Flyers in that situation. I think Pittsburgh will be more aggressive. But Pittsburgh is trying to make one last push to the playoffs before guys like Malkin and Crosby's timetable really you know starts to tick downward and the islanders are the wild card honestly but toronto is no surprise that they want to get someone to help guys like nylander try and alleviate the pressure in the toronto media and then i mentioned earlier um matthias Eckholm. I wouldn't be surprised with a guy of his caliber who's 30 years old, $3.75 million cap hit. I can see because he's on John Hines' team, teams like the, the Canadians and uh, the Jets and Flyers and the Bruins who are all in contention, I think because he's with Nashville – He's in a, another league. I think teams like Boston, 
probably can't really pay much of a hefty price unless you're going to move a prospect and you're going to move a couple picks just to get him. I think it makes more sense uh, for Montreal because, you know, Victor Mete is a really young player and they haven't really played Mete and they could use a more veteran left defenseman if they're looking for that. Winnipeg could use that too. I mean, you know, some players are going on decline, especially with this season being more of a sprint than a marathon. Um, Do I think it's uh, worthwhile? It's most likely going to happen for a team like Montreal who want to have a more veteran player. And then you have Mikhail Granlund. Um, Granlund here, it says, the Predators re-signed Granlund in the offseason. They knew they could move him by the trade deadline if they fell out of playoff contention. Well, coming from a Devils uh, standpoint perspective, John Hines isn't a um, build-a-playoff team type guy, although he got lucky that one year uh, with Taylor Hall going on a hot streak. But his system doesn't really fit Mikhail Granlund, and I see Granlund probably going to Carolina or maybe plays a lesser role in Boston or Pittsburgh. Yes, Toronto's looking for another guy who's a center right wing, but I can see Carolina being a wild card in this situation where they can't just rely on guys like Nino Niederreiter all the time uh, to get a lot of the scoring. And it just seems that maybe a change of scenery and a different coach would help. Um I mean, the fifth on the list, I mentioned this guy before on the Raising Hell in Jersey podcast, Kyle Palmieri. If anyone of you want to have fantasy wagers, uh, fantasy hockey coins and sports coins you can use for prizes, use Vigit, V-I-G-I-T, for those of you in the States, minus Nevada. Um, You can use promo code H-U-H-2021 to support the podcast, you know. It's a very good uh, sponsor, and it's a very good app to use for fantasy sports. Um, we're talking about Kyle Paul Mary right here. Um, Kyle is 30. I think he's topped out um, in his prime already. <clears throat> and I really think the way he plays is tooth and nail, gritty, But he can be a really good sniper. And if you put him on a line in Edmonton, you know, maybe second line, you know, you could easily get him scoring, you know, with guys like that. You know, not to say that he'll be necessarily playing with McDavid or Dreisaitl, but he would help add more punch to their lineup. Islanders, because of Lou Lamorello, because he had connections into hiring Ray, and Ray uh, later on traded for Kyle Palmieri, but um, but he does have a history of uh, being with Andy Green, and I think the Devils connection um, really suits the Islanders in this situation. Pittsburgh, maybe not, but I do see Boston, though, 
and Boston, you know, you know, they like the fact that he has a home out there. He wouldn't be too far from being in New Jersey, although it'd be a few states away. Um, he would definitely be a guy that I think Boston does acquire, and I think it's more than likely. But I really think that this trade deadline won't be the most, uh, like, volatile and, like, high frequency. But we do have a seven-day quarantine period between the U.S. and Canadian border. So if anyone's getting traded today, they should be in before uh, the 11th. I mean, by the 11th, before the trade deadline on uh, April 12th. And so I can see that uh, beginning. And I think if the Nashville Predators were to move a guy that's highly sought after, it's Philip Forsberg. The guy is one of those guys who could easily score 25 to 30 goals a season. He came in a very lopsided trade where David Poyle used uh, some really good hockey analytics, but he used a lot of balanced scouting reports to get the guy. And I think Forsberg would bring a lot of uh, great pieces. And I could see uh, John Hines once again getting canned in Nashville. Um the former Devils coach, I just think anytime he goes somewhere, he just doesn't really help a veteran team or even a team that's on the uprise. And he just stunts the growth of developed players and players who are being developed. And then you go into uh, Victor Arvidsson, um, the Swede, the Swedish winger, I believe he will likely get acquired by a team like Pittsburgh or even the Islanders, as it says here on the fourth period. I really think that this really is going to be the fire sale year um, for the Nashville Predators and, of course, the Buffalo Sabres. So you're looking at a lot of players being moved, but ideally uh, some players – cap hits you're going to have to eat half of to get more liquidity um, in trades but on a devil's fan standpoint um, Ryan Murray I could see being dealt they don't want to lose him to free agency and he has been all that healthy but he has he has performed decent and I think he could get easily a fourth rounder late third at earliest, so I think if the Devils were to get a guy uh, in return, I think he would definitely uh, be worth moving at this point. Um, I mean, if we're going to talk about money, the NHL has had a cash infusion uh, that's coming up in a few years, um, right after the the flat cap goes from 81.5 to possibly 96 million given the fact that the ESPN deal is 2.8 billion dollars over 
a seven-year span. So that's like $12.5 million a team for 32 teams. So that's a really good number. I like that. Um, NBC or another third party hasn't um, signed off on that remainder of the TV deal. And I think there's more to come. And it's going to be an interesting uh, situation for the NHL because their revenue is going to grow despite um, what had happened during COVID-19. I think that this will only help the league grow and, you know, teams needing cap infusion. And this will help um, decrease uh what you call um, escrow and escrow is the big thing that's been hurting players and owners um, when money gets taken out of the players' paychecks, kind of like when you factor in taxes and other uh, benefits and whatnot. It's just something that the league's been looking to control. And I think it's a good thing that these deals were signed off on. And I think that next deal that occurs will help the escrow go down because HRR spikes upward. And then um, speaking of value, Nikita Gusev's value just really went down. He hasn't been the same player since last year. Um, He did have a child recently. Um, I think his psyche is a little bit off now that He's a dad and there's a lot of new things to focus on and it's hard for him since uh, there was that COVID pause and he hadn't gotten his footing back and he just hasn't really been himself this year. I think if the Devils were to try and move him, they put him in a, a sweetener deal and he gets a new change of scenery, maybe as a free agent, but if no one wants him, I think he stays another season, but um, I'm not all that bullish about his future in New Jersey. I think he will be in a sweetener deal. Um, Sammy Vatnin himself is, you know, mentioned in trade rumors. I think teams like the Panthers and uh, the Hurricanes will come asking for him. The Devils have a lot of um, rookies, and with that being said, um, Matthew Hellickson just joined Binghamton recently, he just signed. Um, you have another kid I mentioned earlier, Riley Walsh has been with the Binghamton squad playing in Newark. So it's really been an interesting situation this year. The Devils have a lot of youth coming in and it's something that they most certainly need to, uh, get this, rebuild semi rebuild I would call it because they're just adding pieces and they're trying to see which players fit where and I think it's just a matter of time before Kevin Ball, Ohotjuk all come up and then you have possibly in another year or two you have Daniel Misul maybe in a few years you have Arseny Gritsyuk and then you have maybe in another year you have Patrick Moynihan coming after Tyce Thompson just got signed. So really there's a lot of interesting players and prospects 
the Devils have to see who can fit in um, these new spots. And I think, you know, the Devils, if you look at their average age on cap friendly, um, they're 24.2 years old. And I actually believe that with the two UFAs as forwards being Zajac and Paul Mary, you have close to $13 million uh, coming right off the books. And the Devils will have a couple guys they can bring in and see who can make the team. And you have a couple guys in the offseason, um, in the 21-22 offseason, being like Nick Merkley, McLeod, Yanni Kuokinen, and Yegor Sharangovich. Uh I think Kuokinen and Sharon Govich are going to cost a little bit more. They're probably going to get $1.5 million each. Um, it's not going to break the bank because you would still have thir- over $13 million um, from Paul Mary and Zajac that you can use some of that cash from. Michael McLeod, I think he gets a bit of a bump. I think he gets about 925000 per season. To see where he goes from there. Um, I really do like Yanni Kokonen's production this year. He's just been very uh, productive this year. He's started to pick it up the more he's played. And he's connected well with uh, Sharon Govich. And they complement each other. And I really think the Devils are in a good position uh, to move on from... Uh, Ryan Murray and Sammy Vatnin and uh, Dmitry Kulikov. And this only allows the Devils to bring in players from the pipeline. And a, <clears throat> and a player who's on IR, not named Nico Heischer, um, Nathan Bastion is an RFA in 21-22. I think he gets a, a bump around $850,000 uh, for the for like one or two seasons for his RFA rights. And I think Nikita Gusev's a goner at this point. But he could still stay, but he might sign for a little less. So he might be asking for $2.8 million, But I don't think the price will be right for some – for the devil's uh, brass – because they might want to move on or even expose Gusev in the uh, in the expansion draft to Seattle. And I think bringing in uh, Jesper Bokfist would be a better idea at this point than uh, Nikita Gusev. I mean, Gusev, Bokfist, Nikita Ohotchuk, and uh, Josh Jacobs are all on the uh, taxi squad. And so I think when you look at the players that will be here longer term. I don't think Gusev fits into that picture. Uh, you have Jesper Bokvist and Nikita Ohochuk, uh, who are going to be n- near and long-term solutions. And then um, most people don't know this, but um, you have Michael Camilleri's contract coming off the books this season once it ends. Um, he was recently bought out several seasons ago 
or should I say many moons ago at this point, um, his 1.6667 million dollar deal, I should just say, I should just round it up to 1.7 million just to um, make it easier for everyone to hear that. So basically, Camilleri's buyout comes off the books. If the Devils want to buy out P.K. Subban, if Subban doesn't, um, you know, get taken by Seattle, the Devils would only owe one-third of his $9 million. So, and after that, you would only have three seasons left of Corey Schneider's buyout. And so, the Devils are in really good shape contracts-wise, you're looking at um, the Devils have um, a first rounder of their own, and they have a second rounder from the Islanders. They have their own third. They have Arizona's third. They have they have their own fourth, and they have Buffalo's fifth, and they have their own sixth, and Arizona's seventh. So the Devils have some ammunition for this draft. And by the time this podcast is recorded and you start listening, I believe there might be a few trades and, you know, you know, being tied to what could be made in a future episode. And I think that if you see the Devils get a few pieces here and there, they're not going to ask for just picks they're going to ask for maybe a, a higher quality for first or second round pick depending on the player and then you're going to get a mid or high tier prospect because a lot of the guys that can't move up from the taxi squad enough who are really good players are stuck to a lot of veteran contracts that take up their roster spot and I think that's the main point. Um, it's not just a devil's thing. It's also a hockey operations thing where you can go just down to any team. Um, I really like Cap Friendly and I like the mathematics. So if you look at the current cap space, the devils are one of the top teams in projected cap space they have over 8.3 million dollars and that beats out the kings the red wings the senators the panthers the rangers and carolina and nashville by a good margin and just to think about it i mean the teams that are really up against the cap are the Capitals, Lightning, Oilers, Stars, Canucks, uh, Blues, the Jets, the Islanders, Ducks, Blackhawks, Golden Knights, uh, the Canadians, uh, the Leafs, Penguins, the Minnesota Wild, Sabres, Avalanche, Flames, and the Flyers. Those are teams using less than $1 million cap space all the way down to zero. So those teams that I just 
uh, spoke about just previously are teams that I believe that um, will be looking to move some cash. And cash to me is king in hockey as well as picks and players. And so I think more prospects than um, draft picks will be the most valuable currencies in this trade deadline. So for those of you want to support me and my sponsor, uh, use Vigit, V-I-G-I-T. You can win amazing prizes. They have a lot of things besides hockey that you can um, wager uh, fun ideas on. Like one of my favorite picks that I did recently, I actually uh, won with the Minnesota Wild. So I won 134 fantasy coins. Um, I also won 165 uh, coins choosing the Florida Panthers uh Versus the Vigit house. And I like playing against that. And you have all these leagues. Mine is the Heads Up Hockey League. And you can join in. And you know you can wager fantasy coins. Um, so I got 10 coins. So when I share the league password and all that. Um, you know there's all these really cool benefits and stuff like that um i really enjoy playing these things the league password is sport28 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 and uh don't be afraid to join the league for those of you who like this podcast you can message me at Joe of Jersey on Instagram. You can find me on the Puck Authority. I write for the Puck Authority covering the Devils, uh, draft prospects, and uh, maybe some breaking news sometimes. But don't be afraid to um, join in and you know leave me a message on here on Anchor.fm. We're on Spotify and a bunch of other really good places. Um, it's been great talking to you on this wonderful Easter Sunday. It's a very beautiful day. I hope everyone gets to enjoy themselves and watch some hockey. Uh, watch, watch with family. Keep your distance. For those of you getting the vaccine, you get your first or second. Hold on to your uh, your vaccine card. Protect it and secure it somewhere safe. Uh, please wear a mask, wash your hands, uh, wear it properly, and just um, be a good role model. And for those of you who are at the hockey games already, um, please let me know um, on Twitter. I'm at J-E-R-S-E-Y-D-E-V-I-L-O-G, and you can send me there and I also have the Heads Up Hockey uh, Twitter there. So don't be afraid to reach out. And thank you. Have a wonderful day.